Thanks for listening to Belated Binge, the Harry Potter podcast that doesn't take itself or the books too seriously. I'm Zach, and you may have heard that I was recently asked to be a guest on another podcast called Content and Capable. It was a really fun opportunity in my first time going onto a podcast that wasn't 100% about Harry Potter. Of course, it wasn't a Potter-free conversation either, but I got to share a lot about myself, my journey, my experience with this podcast that I haven't really talked about on the show before. So, while I'm taking a quick break from recording chapter-focused episodes, I thought it'd be a really cool opportunity to share that conversation with you. And shout out to Sam at Content and Capable for letting me post our conversation here. And I hope you'll go check out Content and Capable, the podcast all about adulting, after you've heard this conversation. A podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave X Media. Hello and welcome to Content and Capable, a podcast all about following your passions while still feeling like a proper adult. My name's Sam and I'm your host. This week I spoke with Zach from Belated Binge all about catching up on movies and TV shows that we missed in our childhoods. Welcome to Content and Capable, Zach. It's lovely to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super stoked. Yeah, um, for those who might not know or recognize your voice or your name, uh, could you explain who you are and um, what you do on the internet? Sure. So, uh, as you mentioned, my name is Zach. I host a podcast. It's called Belated Binge, uh, where I go through some of my favorite forms of entertainment that I nearly missed out on because I'm just perpetually late to everything that is good. Uh, right now, I am re-binging, if you will, the Harry Potter series. Uh, and that's, I assume, how you learned of my existence to reach out. Um, probably <laughs> through our uh, mutual uh, acquaintance, Christina, over at the uh, restricted section. But yeah, um, it's... Um so fascinating to finally not finally but like to to speak to someone who has always has been in a similar position as myself because i had a similar kind of thing as as a child i didn't watch much like tv mm. shows or movies um i was aware of things through pretending to know about them or like <laughs> guessing but you know um sometimes someone will ask me oh you know this right no, I don't. I don't know this. I can nod <laughs> and smile if you want me to, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm the person who has the endless supply of movie quotes just at their disposal pretty much at all times to my wife's absolute horror. Uh, I will bust them out at any time because she remembers nothing from movies. Uh, I'm also the one who is obsessive enough to be watching the movies and look for mistakes that the continuity director makes because they drive me crazy and I have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, and like, um, it is. It's a fascinating like aspect of like watching media. It's like, how nitpicky are we? Do do we want to be? You know. Oh, I'm, I'm obnoxious about it. Uh, I know this about myself. And so I watch a lot of things by myself (laughs) so I can only drive myself nuts. Uh, but it is typically about four years after everybody else watched it for whatever reason. (laughs) Um, and I don't know, like what then sparked you to 
create a podcast about, you know, reliving those, um, those experiences. Well, not reliving, but like mm-hmm. finally experiencing these quote unquote cultural cornerstones. Yeah. So I think my podcast was kind of born of like three primary things all coming together at one intersection, uh, and just crashing into each other's in a uh, horrific fire. Uh, the first is my background in radio. Uh, once upon a time, uh, back in uh, the college days and soon after, uh, I was working in radio. Uh, I really enjoyed listening to your latest episode with Hope. Uh, it brought me back to about 10 years ago, me, which <laughs> also made me sad to realize that that was 10 years ago and I'm getting fucking old. But Look, <laughs> yeah, Hope, like, I love Hope, and no, like, Hope is an amazing human being that I stumbled across and was like, this is such an awesome human being, but I walked away from that podcast recording, like, a little bit, I was thinking career-wise, I was like, ooh, I don't know, this is like, she's way more successful than I am, and she's like, four years younger, and I'm just about to graduate university, um, and... I'm sitting here like mildly terrified. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, you're, you're good because I, I related to so many things that you guys were talking about because I went through it. I was, um, I was in college, um, life things happened. I was looking for work and it just so happened. I was, uh, I was a dual major in college and one of those was a sport management degree and the uh, local uh, talking head for sports radio came to just like speak to one of my classes and asked if anybody wanted to tour the station. And I was like, uh, yeah, because I want to do that one day. Like that was why I was in a sport management class to begin with was uh, in hopes that I could get into like sports broadcasting type stuff. And yeah. um, and I went over. I was literally the only person that wanted to go. Uh, and I went. We basically shared a parking lot with the the station and the university so uh we went over he kind of showed me around and a few i don't know like weeks later i was literally in a a almost a hell of a life transition period i was in a hotel in north carolina which is about four states away from where i live uh (laughs) considering an actual move and i got uh, things weren't going well with that particular venture. And I got an email from him asking like, Hey, any, uh, any interest in, you know, some part-time work? Yep. Guess you're going back. Uh, yeah, cause awesome. I just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I started doing some, um, just some like five hours a week of just board op stuff and started learning and kind of working my way up through that. So as you guys were talking about just kind of getting your foot in the door and how you have people with some experience that give you a shot for no reason under the sun. I'm like, yeah, that's quite literally how radio works. Yep. That's, that was my, (laughs) that was my experience as well. Um, so I think that there's been a few guests and I think every person I speak to who works in radio has that similar experience of like someone gives them a break. Someone turns yeah. around and goes, I'm going to trust you and you're going to, and you then, you know, take that leap and it's like, Oh shit, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I did that for like four years and it was, uh, it was the, about the time that my now wife, 
uh, and I had um, kind of gotten together and we just started living together and I was living the small market radio life, which is basically on the poverty line, take side yeah. jobs with, um, I was DJing, I was MCing, I was, uh, I, I took a job in a kiosk of the mall trying to buy people's jewelry off their neck. I did car detailing in the wintertime, uh, like wow. jobs. Like yeah. it, it was nonsensical ways of just literally trying to make money and survive. And I also had these degrees that I was not paying for because I was on a pay as you earn plan. And all I was yeah. doing is accumulating interest. And, uh, and we decided it was time to, uh, she was already, she was driving super far for work. Um, uh, so we moved to like the big city, um, yeah. of our state and where she was already working. I got a, like a advertising agency job and I haven't looked back. Um, and things have gone, you know, well in that front. Um, but I always missed it. I missed having a microphone in my face. Um, I missed just getting that creative freedom to like I don't even know how to describe it it's just different you know uh I tell people all the time that radio was the most fun that I have ever had making money I just wasn't oh, yeah. making enough to stay in it <laughs> um radio is for the kind of thing that no matter how much you're being paid it always feels like you're on a shoestring budget as well like you the amount of like chaos um i work at a community radio station we don't have any money i don't get paid for mm. any of my work which is fine i'm uh i have come to terms with the fact that i would never be paid for my work there in the at least in the near future and they the other day we were having conversations about drilling holes in the walls between the studios to try to get the air conditioning to circulate a little bit better because the only two rooms in the whole building that have air conditioning are how to like main studios. Um, and it's notoriously one's worse than the other. And it's like, <laughs> well, how can we make this better? <laughs> um, at one stage I walked in a few months ago and someone was hanging from the roof playing with Yet again, the air conditioning. Um, I often turn up and someone is like painting something or putting up posters or pulling down posters. Um, it's like ridiculous stuff. And I've I've done more, I more more than one occasion. I've been a part of the ridiculousness. Um, oh, for sure. And it's it's like amazing. It's this weird manic energy that like everyone has at the same time that like we all agree is totally normal for being in a radio station <laughs> oh yeah we we had so our little cluster had five stations and mm. i when i tell you i did everything from board op to the 3 a.m like get up and get in there for morning show like production literally back ground production to weather reads to I literally like spent time in the like scaffolding yeah running wires for engineering um uh and that was all in the you know first stints before I actually got on air at all and then that was its own beast of you know uh <laughs> growth and uh an opportunity and just like a hell of a lot of fun but yeah um 
Oh, it's so much fun. If if there was one suggestion I had for anyone is to go and work on a radio station, even for a short amount of time. It doesn't have to be on air or anything, but being a part of that kind of community is one of the best things I think I've ever done in my life. Um, oh yeah, it is. It's so fun. It is. It's um, a blast. It it really is. It was it was a blast. I miss it every day, and I guess that's how you end up with a podcast. Yeah, it seems to be the, <laughs> I, as my friends would say, the the radio to podcast um, pipeline is is quite quite big nowadays. There's a lot of yeah. people doing it. Um, not yeah. just like indie podcast creators like you and I, but like every other radio station as well, converting everything into podcast form. Oh, which, for sure. Yeah, I I have opinions about that. I don't necessarily want to talk about because that's uh um theoretically <laughs> my future employers right there so um but you know i heard nothing yeah nothing 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 whatsoever nothing. um but yeah it's very fascinating um and i i wish that like more people like understood radio because i feel like it ah, i think it then everyone would understand at least the amount of effort that goes in to produce, you know, a five second someone yelling into a microphone. Because it's not, <laughs> it's not like every white guy with a podcast where you just put mics in front of people and you chat. It's the whole audio engineering and everything else like that, yeah. which I find so fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's it. It was it was a really really good time in my life. I wouldn't trade it for. Well, I'd say I would trade it for a few things. Uh, winning lottery ticket would probably probably be among yeah. those um but yeah it was a great time and i that's like i said that it, it gave me that itch so for really from the moment that i got out of it podcasting was kind of in the back of my mind of just like maybe being a way to stay connected to it stay attached to it when i wasn't able to um because i started with the idea of maybe just maybe i'd be able to find a part-time gig in you know where we went outside of my full-time job and then I realized that a full-time job when you're a salaried employee is a a lot more than just like a clock in clock out situation and I'm like there's yeah. no there's no way I'm gonna then spend my off hours literally going to another job just to uh, work in radio so podcasting was it but I didn't I didn't understand RSS feeds like all these if they were there I did anchor didn't exist it, you know the the speakers yeah. the pod beans all of these things like they if they were there i didn't know what the hell they were so it it was always sort of just kind of needed the right the right place right time right topic and um this one was this one was weird in how it kind of came around i noticed myself engaging in these like review podcasts of yeah. the of the stuff that i was enjoying watching and stuff and i'm like these people don't work in the industry these are not like experts they don't have sources this is because in my mind i always thought that um if it wasn't going to be like country music which is the format that my show was hosted on back in the day mm -hmm. which is something you do need to be like plugged into in order to have anything to say that's worth a damn or sports particularly the nba that i'm completely obsessed with again you need to be plugged into you need to have sources you need to have like yeah. all of these connections to i'm like there's no like 
why the hell would anybody listen to me talk about any of these things when they can get this information from people who actually work in it? And they're the yeah. ones I listen to. Um, but I was listening to all these re- I'm like, these are just people. And they're mm-hmm. just enjoying talking about the things that they enjoy. And I was yeah. like, that's the entry point. Now, how do I, you know, what is, how do I narrow it down? You know, like, how do I decide what those, what those topics are going to be, what those series that I could cover are? Um, and I was like, well, I do seem to have this theme going on where I'm super late to the party on all of this, you know, awesome shit that I'm now you know, obsessing over and going down the rabbit hole of all of the podcasts and YouTube videos that exist uh, within these forms of entertainment. And I'm like, uh, well, you just got your podcast idea. When are you going to actually sit down and do it? Yeah. And then it's the whole, let's sit down and actually do this thing and Mm -hmm. sorting out, figuring out how to put out a podcast, which is a whole process. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Sometimes my brain hurts trying to explain the process involved and just like, it's not hard, but at the same time, it's way, way more complicated than it should be. Yeah. There's complexities and it's, I mean, it's not hard to sit down, turn the microphone on and talk. It's a lot harder than people think it is. (laughs) Oh yeah. A hundred percent. But it's, yeah, that's not the hard part though. You know, the hard part is the prep. It's the hours of editing afterwards. It's the mm. uh, figuring out how distribution actually works and then growing it afterwards. Like, I just put hours into this thing. How do I get literally anyone to hear it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's, I think, uh, I, I've said this a few times, but I have a, I had a professor whose rule of thumb was for every one minute of content cre- you create, it's three minutes worth of work. And... Um, for most visual and audio mediums, it is the rule. Like, I reckon it is probably three minutes worth of work for every one minute of content I produce. Um, and it's fascinating to see that that is the case. But yeah, it is. It's one of those, um, one of those things where it's like, oh, wait, I have this great idea. I'd love to do a podcast. And then, you know, three years later, you're like, Oh, all my energy's been sucked into this black hole that is audio editing. Help. You know, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, but how did you realize initially that you had missed out on some, like, key cultural cornerstones as a kid? Um, so I guess it it's not really, it's not really that I realized that I had missed out on something you know later or whatever I think it's I think it's more that I tend to not be all that trendy to begin with um Mm. I don't and if if people that are around me or um particularly like people I work with or people at you know school if I'm going to class or whatever if they're kind of if if popular culture quote-unquote is obsessed with something i'm typically not consuming it generally speaking um and that could be because i just don't want to follow the i i guess the trendy course or whatever in my nature or i'm 
obsessed with something that I already missed out on, and like that's the rabbit hole that I'm currently down. Um, and I, I already have what I kind of describe as a, a an obsessive personality when it comes to the entertainment that I consume. Um, yeah. I don't go like an inch deep across a lot of different entertainment interests. I tend to go miles deep in one or two. Uh, yeah. And so it kind of can, if I'm consuming it, it sort of consumes me in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, I think it's really great for like a podcast format, just like as a weird side note. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and I think what that does is it sort of makes me hesitant, even if I think that whatever they're describing to me sounds like it would be interesting. I'm like, if I really am going to get into this thing, there's a chance that this could like be a significant portion of my life over the next months, years, whatever, because I know I'm going to go down the rabbit hole. If I really like it, I'm going to find the podcasts about it. I'm going to find the YouTubers that are talking about it. I'm going to find the theories. I'm going to find the the uh, additional content. I'm going to find the companion shows. I'm going to go all the way in. And sometimes I'm just not like really in that headspace to take on something new in the moment just because all these people told me that it was great. I'm like, I don't, I don't want this to take over a portion of my life for the next two years and then look up and go, oh, look, my hair's grayer. And I, this yeah. whole time I've just been, you know, consuming all of this uh, random shit about this new show or whatever that, uh, that I liked. But then I end up for one reason or another, like, okay, I, I remember hearing good things about this. Let me give it a shot now when yeah. I can, when I can binge it, when I can do the thing. And it's like, oh, if it doesn't hit right off the bat, like I'm out. If it yeah. does, like I'm all the way in. And, and that typically, like I said, that, that typically is how it goes with, with Harry Potter, the uh, current binge that I'm doing. It was actually my wife. Um, we were living together and, uh, I would have, I went my like entire life, as soon as I got home from whatever job I was doing, like the TV was on sports. Yeah. And if it's anywhere close to basketball season, that's literally doesn't come off of my TV. Yeah. My wife could not give a fuck about sports. Oh, yeah. Zero. Um... <laughs> Zero shits. And so when I come home and we turn the TV on for dinner, I would by default start to go to sports and I stop myself and then I'd go through the guide and I'm like, yeah. what is something she might actually care about? And I knew she liked Harry Potter well enough. So I would turn those movies on mm. and I kept that. asking her questions. Like, I don't understand what's happening. Like what the, what is going on? What's this weird spidey tingly thing in his ears in these in these movies? Like, I don't get it. She's like, you wouldn't get it. You didn't read the books and then yeah. something would happen. What, what the hell was that? Like, I, she's like, I don't know. I, you'd have to read the books. It's better in the books. And after telling me that about a thousand times, I was like, okay, I'm going to read these fucking books. So I know what the hell's going on because I keep turning these movies on so that we have something not sports to watch together. And I'm clueless and I'm annoying. So yeah, I'm going to read them. And 
I listened to the audiobooks and then I listened to them again and then I found MuggleCast and listened to bits of them again and then I found yeah. YouTube and other podcasts and I was like, okay, so now I'm in this weird fandom. I find out I'm like, I start doing math and I'm like, okay, so I'm about damn near the exact same age as the Harry Potter character in the movies. Um, I've been told all my life, like, hey, you know who you look like? Harry Potter. Yeah, you do. <laughs> like, yeah, no, nope, never of, heard it. <laughs> the amount of times like people are just immediately compared to Harry Potter. Like, it happens way more often. Like, I have a group of friends and the three of us, one's a ginger, one's a woman, and then there's me. And so, like, I defaulted to Harry. Like, everyone's like, you're all the Harry Potter of the group. And I'm like, oh, I really don't want to be the Harry Potter of the group. Like, <laughs> I was uh, I was at a Halloween party. This is timely because the time we're recording this. Um, mm. And this was right before the pandemic, right? So yeah. my wife my wife and I had just got married. This was our first, like, couple's costume thing. We went to a friend's house for... The thing, we don't do costumes. Like, we're not big Halloween people, but we had shit in our closet and we went for, uh, as Jim and Pam from the office. Yeah. I wore contacts. I shaved. I tried to do the flippy thing that he does with his hair. Um, and I was wearing a dress shirt and tie, you know, like Jim from the office. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get one foot in this door and somebody drunk that I'd never met in my life started shouting, Harry Potter! (laughs) (laughs) And for the entire night, I was either Dan Radcliffe or Harry Potter to this stranger. I'm like, "Um, no, we're doing the office thing. Yeah. My my friend, but you know, okay. So yeah, that's kind of where it was. I was at a Halloween party last night as of recording and we, um, I'm not very good at costumes. I'm, Halloween is, Halloween's not very, like a big Australian thing. Like Mm. capitalism obviously likes to like play it in, but we often use Halloween as the excuse just to get together as friends and like have a bit of a party and Mm -hmm. drink alcohol, (laughs) um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that it was, um, a friend of mine gave me the idea to dress up as the baker from Into the Woods. What I didn't realize when she gave me this idea is that the baker is played by James Corden, um, which wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing if it wasn't the fact that a lot of people just regularly compare me to James Corden, which is, mm. it's like, it gets annoying after a while, everyone, please, you know. Um, That's... I literally, I told this story on my part, podcast. That's part of the reason why I didn't like finish reading the series as a kid. When you're made yeah. fun of for looking like Harry Potter all your life, you're not going to pick up the books and be like, oh, who's this character there? But he makes fun of me for looking like. Oh, yeah, all the time. Or um, the the problem, a part of the problem, the reason why we didn't watch a lot of TV is kisses. I'm the eldest of 10. Um, so even when I was in like, upper primary school there was like four or five siblings underneath me and we you know had a lot of shenanigans where i would go to put something on tv something i wanted to watch and i'm like no we don't want to watch that let's watch this and you know we default to the things we are we already knew 
So we didn't watch, you know, a whole mm-hmm. bunch of things. I had to, as an adult, go through these iconic TV shows and uh, iconic Australian TV shows that really my citizenship should be revoked at this point because I I don't think I've watched enough Australian TV. Like things like Round the Twist, Dance Academy, you know, those kinds of things I haven't watched. And so I've had to like start re-educating myself about this kind of stuff. And it is mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> Yeah, because because it's like as a kid, it made total sense why you would watch it because like it's meant for kids. Not anymore. Like Harry Potter is a little bit timeless, and I can see why people you know can watch it. But there are some of some of those things that's like this is really meant for children. Oh yeah, oh for sure. And I can't like I can't go back to a lot of the stuff that I even liked as a kid. Mm. Outside of nostalgia factor, it's like cringe and okay, that was that was a fun twenty minutes of my life. When when my daughter was born, I tried to put on Rugrats. Yeah. That was rough, man. And Rugrats oh, is yeah. classic. I loved Rugrats as a kid. And if she tried it in a couple years, I'm sure we would probably just get to a later season because I went season one. I was like, if I'm gonna yeah. do it, we're going season one, episode one. Holy shit, this animation is bad. Oh, this is awkward. Wow, these parents are incredibly neglectful. Like, it's just a completely different mindset <laughs> when you're watching yeah. some of this stuff now uh, as an adult. And I some of, some of it, I'm just like, nope, I don't want to watch it from this lens. I just want to remember it fondly and move on with my life and just have a happy memory. Yeah, makes total sense. Um, it's... Um, so fascinating to like review something like that and go, oh, that's why I don't like this or like this or I've decided against <laughs> doing this because it's just, it's fascinating. It is very fascinating to like, as an adult, go, other adults created this. And as an adult, I don't like it. I don't know. The vibes aren't right. Yeah, I like, um, uh, I like certain, um, I like a certain bit of nods to the adults in the kids shows now. Having a you know a young one, I watch a so much Bluey. You know, shout oh, out to I love Bluey. Yeah. to your backyard. Oh my gosh, it's so good. But it's so good to me because one, the people who wrote it clearly had kids. Yeah, and two, there's enough sprinkled in there for the adults to laugh at that I get to have some enjoyment in it too. Like some of my favorite like episodes have the funniest just blatantly making fun of like human culture at this point yeah. moments. And I'm just like the, the marketplace I think is the one episode call where the, the one kid who's supposed to oh, eat all organic when... and stuff. Yeah. Does this, does this have wheat or gluten or sugar or dairy in it? And the guy looks at her and just goes, that's all it has in it. Yeah. <laughs> it brings me and so much joy every time. My favorite one that I really resonated with was the one that they went swimming in the pool and dad, the dad took him to the pool, but he didn't bring anything with him. It so, was you know, literally but- just on. Literally just on in my house before I came down here. Yep. And awesome. um, vivid <laughs> memories of my father taking us to a neighbor's pool down the street and not clearly not bringing the things that are required to, you know, have ourselves 
not miserable by the time we got back home. And it's just like, we turn, I turned around, I was like, huh? Yep, I can see that. Definitely can see that. Like, it's a nice idea to, um, to try <laughs> to like not bring all this stuff, but then you have these miserable children and it's, yeah. Um, yep. No sunscreen, it, no food, no floaties, no goggles, no toys, no anything. Just throw them in the pool and stick to the shade. <laughs> yeah, he's he. My father's the kind of person who will bring one towel, and everyone just needs to make sure they've got sun cream on because it is Australia. Um, and he doesn't care. Um, and my, <laughs> and then we'd all finish up, and we're like, "Where's the towels?" And for we've all, us older kids have caught on and we'll bring our own. And so therefore we've got like enough because, you know, we're not stupid. We're not falling for this trick again of being, <laughs> you know, miserable and cold or, you know, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm a big Bluey fan. Oh, I, it's literally like the city I live in at the moment, the Jacarandas are turning purple. Um, you know, I, out my window, I can see the skyline of the city. I, you know, if I, you know, I was walking around where parts of Bluey are, are set. Um, yet the uh, through this week, as I walk through the city, you know, it, it's it's lovely to see where I live represented in such a cool way as well. Nice, very um, nice. But yeah, um, I had no idea it was actually based on anything real. I guess yeah. you could say, you know what I mean? Like, just it visually. Makes sense. Like, like, you think, I think a kid's TV show, nah, it's not yeah. going to be, like, based on, like, a physical location. But no, it's based on the city of Brisbane. Um, And, huh. in fact, you know, in the background, you can see, like, this hill with a church on it. And it's, like, an iconic landmark for, like, the lo- one of some of the inner city suburbs. It's, like, <laughs> you know, the church on the hill um, where they go and have the ice creams and they're sitting like on the bench near the path is like our South Bank precinct, which was developed for like the 88 World Fair that came here. And so we've got, you know, all of these like lovely paths and luscious like trees and stuff. It's, there's a beach in the middle of the CBD that um, smells disgustingly like chlorine. And we make jokes about how disgusting it is, but you know, it's a pretty iconic like landmark. It, you know, my brothers and I just sit and watch as adults. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. (laughs) <laughs> I, my kid would have a fake little play-doh um ice cream cone and mm. walk in circles around my house like getting herself all super dizzy during yeah. that part and then dump it in the floor when the ice cream melts she yeah, just reenacts that over and over. again okay rewind it do yeah. it again 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 <laughs> rewind again yep that's mm-hmm I'm I'm with you. I like I said, but I I had no idea. I I figured that part was not just completely made up out of somebody's brain with that the setting that they're in there that like park yeah. and with like the water coming out of it. But as far as the rest of it, I was like, well, yeah. I mean, there's houses and there's streets and it's a little city. Like it could be anywhere, right? Like uh, I never of thought of it as a as an actual cartoon representation of a real place. Huh. Yeah, it's um. It's so amazing. Like I have friends of mine who work in animation and stuff and I like, and I think we were chatting about this on the, um, on the Deus Ex Media Discord about like iconic award winning, you know, shows that really just represent 
who you are. And I think it, it is just so fascinating um, hmm. to like be able to be represented and it is very fulfilling. Um, so, you know, you're as <laughs> so many tangents. Wow. Um, as you were, <laughs> I'm like trying to pull myself out of each one of them. Um, as you know, were um, you know, started watching Harry Potter and things like that. And, you know, uh, asking all these questions, when did you realize that, I, that maybe like, this is something that people would resonate with, you know, having to catch up on, you know, a piece of media that they missed out. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if. I don't know if I thought about it from the angle of somebody thinking that they were necessarily... I mean, I mean, I figured that I wasn't the only person in the world that didn't do a thing and now has done a thing and can talk about it. Like, there's, um, there's, def- I, there's definitely podcasts out there that I heard where um, it, was, it was pretty much a formula of, like, one host had read a thing or seen a thing and the other host hadn't. So then they do it, you know, an episode at a time or a chapter at a time or whatever. And like the, uh, and it's spoiler free. So the person can mm-hmm. just, you know, consume. And I was like, okay, so there's something to that. There's definitely interest in that, in you know people's listening habits. I'm having a hell of a time listening to it. So other people are as well. Uh, so there was that piece. Um, I figured I wasn't, like I said, the only person in the world that um, was late on anything, but also the idea that you could be late on it yeah. and then really, really enjoy it to a point where you really like dive into like the whole thing. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I introduce myself to people with my Hogwarts house and I'm cosplaying on the weekends. Like I'm, I'm not that deep into the Harry Potter fandom in that way, but I sure as hell respect the people that are at this point with a different, um, in a different way than I did before I read the series where I just thought, wow, those people are really into Harry Potter. Like, I don't yeah. know why, but they are really into that Harry Potter thing. I mean, you're, you're, you're grown up. Like you're still <laughs> this into Harry Potter. I'm surprised, but okay. Do you was kind of my thought process. And now I, I get why people are you know, this gung ho about the series. And I was yeah. like, okay, if somebody can get, if I can get this into something after being late to it or whatever, like maybe I can make a compelling um, conversation sort of along those lines. But at the same time, I knew at least in my head, I wanted it to be a, I wanted the discussion to be around the thing more than around me. And so I had to have something interesting to say about it. And I was like, okay, with Harry Potter, like this thing's been around for 20 years. Is there a single original thought to be had? at this point and it kind of came to me one day i was listening to um mugglecast mm. and they posed some kind of question they were talking about um i don't know if i was if i was listening to a, a fresh episode or if i was in their like archives um in some of their chapter by chapter stuff i don't even remember what caused me to do it but they talked about a certain point in the series and it was um it was around. I know you're familiar with it. You've been on um, the restic- restricted section before. Yeah. Uh, you were actually just on there um, at the time of this recording. <laughs> I'm um, everywhere. Um, I yeah. Think I'm I'm set to be on a um, a my cabbages episode soon. I don't know whether it nice. came out this week or not. 
I don't, I, yeah, there was an episode, I don't, it was so many things to keep track of <laughs> that I've forgotten when things were. Yeah, no, for, for sure. But it was, um, but it was, it was this, I started having this theory in my head of Voldemort's Horcruxes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, spoiler alert for the people that Ooh, haven't yeah. watched it or heard or read it for 15 years, uh, since it ended. But, um, it was about his Horcruxes and in particular the hiding places and i started ah. to develop this theory of like how the hiding place was tied to the horcrux itself and the death that went along with it and ultimately what it means to voldemort and so that's how he determined the hiding place and the protections around it and i started just like typing out this email to mugglecast for like about this theory i was having in <laughs> in like real time while i was supposed to be working and um I just I was like, you know what? Maybe there is. And maybe I could actually talk about something in a way that could be interesting to yeah. people that they in a way that you haven't heard before. It would be completely from like an adult perspective. It would be a so I don't have the nostalgia. I don't have the I remember when I was 12 and reading this series for the first time, I didn't realize that the government could be corrupt. And it's like, well, nope, I was 25 or 26 or whatever and I was pretty damn sure it could and that sort of thing but um but it, yeah it was, it was kind of that combination and I was, I was kicking around a few different series to get started with uh and and it was it was that it was uh, kind of a slow snowball into even more just more the the theories and the headcanon stuff and and that fascinates me so much I'm I'm as fascinated with Harry Potter about what's not on the page as what is. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? This is, this is how I talk about it, you know, and catch the Easter eggs as we're reading along, do some foreshadowing stuff, you know what I mean? And bring light to that stuff as like, this is a reread. If you haven't read them before, my show is going to spoil the shit out of you like that. (laughs) It just is. Um, but I was like, yeah, I can, I can probably do something with this. And this has the robust fandom after so long to still be this engaged to still have to have this many po- I didn't have any idea that there were so many Harry Potter podcasts oh yeah when heaps. I kind of became one and I was like oh maybe maybe this wasn't the best call like one yeah all of these exist so there's interest and intrigue but like there's a lot of us swimming in this sea and how the heck do you get no I, I almost wonder if I dove into something that was uh, almost too saturated to stand out but it was um, it told me that there was at least an audience that would be open to additional perspectives and additional content even after this long. And so yeah. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to, of the ones I was kicking around, um, I was like, if I'm going to start somewhere, this is probably the one to start with and see if it could even have legs. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I, it's always that initial like start. And it's like, yeah, I've got these ideas. <laughs> I can't hear them anywhere. Although, let's be honest, I think I, I think everyone's made this commentary. There are a lot of Harry Potter co- podcasts. Not that oh, there's it's a so bad many. thing. Like it just forces people to be way more creative than you know the bare well, minimum. And the thing that I really like about them is that I have collaborated with several of them. We oh, yeah. go on each other's Harry Potter podcast. Like it's not a weirdly. Comp- I'm sure that you know. It, deep down, if you ask people, you're you're like, yeah. I, I, if somebody's making a list of their the best Harry Potter podcasts, I want to be 
you know, above all these other ones, but like it, it's, it's not rooted yeah. in, that's more just, you know, you want people to listen to your podcast, not like ill, uh, ill feelings towards the other ones that exist. And it's not like uber competitive like that. So that's been super fascinating. I, I've made, I've made contacts with people that I otherwise literally would never have known their names or like got to talk to them or mm. um had stimulating conversations and and that's been really cool and i also uh, i forgot to mention that as i was narrowing things down the two other series i was considering starting with also had actors and actresses from those series in the middle of podcasts that were exploding on the internet yeah. doing the exact same like format and i'm like well can't compete with that so yeah. <laughs> let's uh let's uh let's take a shot yeah if you can't beat him join him right you know um <laughs> and it's it's so fascinating to like sit there and go i have an idea i and then watching like at least from my perspective watching now people have an idea and then act upon that idea and fulfill it um, I just helped a friend of mine launch her podcast. I have other friends of mine who've launched their podcasts. Most of us are journalism students. So, um, we're like trying to, you know, make our way into the industry and things like mm -hmm. that. And it's like, wow, you know, these people are like got this incredible success and are so passionate about what they do. Um, and I'm so excited to, you know, and, and collaborating with people as well. And, you know... It's so exciting to be, you know, a part of a community that, like, of people just just in general of uh, who are, like, so excited about podcasting or creating content or chatting about media because uh, I had Caitlin on a few weeks ago and uh, we talked about, you know, the dissecting movies in an intersectional feminism way, you know, the Bechtel cast and things like that. And it was... Like, I was like, wait a second, you know, there is these really cool, like, people who are creating content that is really interesting to listen to. Like, you don't, you're not feeling bored by it, which is something that you don't often say about all things, you know. But, yeah, you know, there for is, sure. there's like a group of people creating really amazing content and collaborating with each other. You get to see them everywhere, and it's amazing. Well, yeah, it, I mean, that's the coolest part about this so far for me is like like this shit like i you're in australia i am so not in australia like when would the two of us have a conversation in life ever oh never without I this like, it literally i wouldn't know you exist no, until you uh, make it big as like a journalist and i see you you know on tv or some shit and i i just like you're just a, a head on a screen yeah. Like we would never have a conversation if it wasn't for podcasting and this little network again of you know, I am actually um I'm fascinated by you all over at Deus Ex Media, just that that array of different podcasts and that little network that you have established and you know branded and, and yeah. turned into like a cool little collaboration space where you go on each other's shows, you always have creative outlets you always have collaborators you always have you know, sounding boards and and people to 
and supportive people, you know, and, and people to give yeah. constructive feedback and, and to help you with ideas of, of growth and of, and of all kinds of just a, a constant like companionship through mm. this podcasting journey that you all have, even though again, you're in Australia and a whole bunch <laughs> of them are so not, but like, it still is a very connecting, um, tissue it's, and, and it's fascinating to me as somebody who's literally doing this yeah i am sitting in my basement because my wife has condemned me to it for podcasting <laughs> and i'm doing i i do this you know solo um you know f- soup yeah. to nuts and and unless yeah it, it, it's it, fascinating i like people ask me from time to time why did you join you know a network did you need to join a network you know what what was the point in doing that and i think my parents also asked these things when I first started out as well. And when I went and visited the States in July this year and met, you know, um, Alex and Zach and Charlie uh, and Christina and the rest of the gang from the restricted section, it was like, I, I came back and I was like, that is why, you know, these people are all here. We all support each other. And while I'm halfway around the world and, often feel very isolated regardless (laughs) um having all of us together is just like something that i i work collaboratively in general and then be able to have people who are supporting me in the personal my personal pursuits and a whole bunch of other bits and pieces is way more important than i ever really give credit for um it's amazing yeah, it's I I've thought about it before as again as somebody who's doing this literally on my own from the basement. I yeah. I've thought about like what would that dynamic be like? You know, and it, it and I'm I not jealous isn't the word, but I'm <laughs> uh but I I I'm just I'm fascinated that you all have it, you know? Uh and so I as a as a person from the outside kind of like watching it it's really cool to see i don't and i don't know if anybody else that's outside of you all's little uh circle would tell you that so i am oh that's (laughs) lovely um yeah uh, it's fascinating and every now and then i go i wonder if i went alone you know what what it would be like or like i very much like i don't know whether you've seen community but like the dark like I wonder what's happening in the darkest timeline kind of like question. And it's like, not that it would be the, the quote unquote darkest timeline, but it is a fascinating like thought aspect of like, I wonder where I would have been if I had to go this alone. And like my idea when I pitched it to Christina and the gang was pretty out there. Like it wasn't a, an idea that was going to get off the ground easily. And it needed a mm. lot more work and a lot more behind the scenes work than, think any of us really give credit for um and it is it's one of those things that like i now can leverage you know the friends that christina has who would be willing to jump on the podcast um friends that i've made being able to make this podcast and you know a whole bunch of other really cool things is amazing and a list of a hundred potential guests and at least you would have had to come up with that damn thing oh (laughs) i credit christina with most of those um the the list is long and um I, I like it because it's a good fallback of like okay these are the people that I probably need to contact uh, if I am 
not desperate, but if I'm like looking for guests who are uh, a little bit more familiar with what I do, which is amazing. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and so you created Belated Binge, um, and how did, I don't know, how was creating a podcast as a, a solo, which is, uh, a, and, and be uh, on that, like, aspect, you know, what, what, what was your, like, experience creating the podcast? It was, it was interesting. So it, I mean, obviously we, we didn't go viral day one. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, uh, and didn't really expect to, but um, but no, it was, it was one of those things where as soon as I got kind of started, I was like, oh okay, now the wheels are turning, you know what I mean? Like, it because you put so much time and energy and thought and research into how to get it off of the ground and how to actually get a podcast recorded and get it to the world that's your venture for however long it takes you and i was i was planning for a while probably a year before i actually like turn the mic on and and put something out there and and it was really it was a really interesting process as i did it and then again like as soon as i launched then it was sort of like other um kind of like other experiences that i have in life start yeah to start to kind of like tingle you know and it's kind of how do i how do i put it here like i'm you know i i have the so the radio background kicked in you know immediately because it yeah. was like okay i'm i'm doing this by myself right like my my show while i do enjoy getting guests on to go through the chapters uh, most of the episodes so far have been solo. So how am I going to sit here and talk to myself for you know, 45 minutes about a, a book written for children? How's that actually going to work? How am I going to keep it from getting monotonous and me just rambling on? Okay. Yeah. So I, so I came up with these segments and it would, and they were like, and it was stuff that not could, that I could fall back on and know, Hey, I can, when it comes time to prep for this, I don't have to reinvent the wheel every single time for every single episode to make every single episode interesting. If I put them into these specific segments, then I know, oh, so for the divination segment, I, I need to pull out some foreshadowing from this chapter. What are those you know moments that I can give? Here's, you know, here's a section where uh, I call it house points. I'm going to talk about the characters I liked and didn't like, and I'm going to arbitrarily give them points. And this is, these are the the new segments um, as of season two. Um, the season one, when I first started, had diff- basically the same concepts but different names. I was making everything yeah. sports themed, uh, making everything sports themed for a Harry Potter uh, content. <laughs> probably wasn't my best foot forward uh, yeah. for the first book, uh, but you learn that stuff. Um, but then I've all you know, I've got the I've got the bit at the end where I'm pretty much making fun of it like what what's what of this didn't what of this didn't make any sense you know because these books were written for kids you know and sometimes plot happens and and you just have to laugh when you're an adult and so i i put that in there um i wanted to make sure that i gave a thorough enough re um like review of the chapter that somebody who's listening to my podcast could feel like they were doing a reread without actually having to pick up a book 
Yeah. And so that was a big piece of like kind of starting um, from there. And then I wanted a, like a, a bit of more of like a deep dive, you know, theory ish headcanon ish, you know, segment to, to kind of talk about the stuff that is going on, but you're not reading it. You know, yeah. there's a lot of Dumbledore stuff in my podcast, you know, with his like master plan and you know, what is, what strings is he pulling behind the scenes? And, um, and so the, and so I was like, okay, these are, these are different segments and this, this keeps it interesting when I'm doing this by myself for people to, you know, hear. And then it's like, okay, well I'm doing segments. Guess what I need? I need liners. I need music beds. I need, you know, to, to get into these. And so the audio production side comes out and, uh, and, and I was having a lot of fun putting it together and then immediate from launch, it's like, okay, now it's, I work in digital advertising. Yeah. Granted. Yeah. My expertise is with companies paid budgets. I don't have a budget. Yeah. <laughs> so I, so it's like creatively thinking, okay, I'm, I, I know marketing but my skills are mostly when you have money behind it how do i do this when you don't and so i get to kind of go uh think think differently i guess mm-hmm. uh in yeah. that way in trying to get people to hear the damn thing and um and i started finding other like independent podcasters on like twitter and stuff like that the kind of like the pod nation network where um there's opportunities for like promo swaps and I'm like, okay, so now I'm making a promo so that I can swap promos with other podcasters to play each other's promos in our shows. And I'm, um, and I'm trying, I I was trying some like Facebook ads and, um, I, I just recently actually did a new, um, way of podcast, uh, audio, like ads, like getting, like placing ads into other podcasts and stuff. And, uh, and it's, it's just been fun to to go to again pull from pull from different areas that I didn't really think of at the time when I was like, hey, I, I just want to talk about some cool stuff and and try to make an interesting show. But it, it yeah, it, it's been fascinating to say the least. And I'm pretty good at rambling uh, apparently because <laughs> um, <laughs> it is it's one of those fascinating things where there's so many different skills that you pick up and like realize you've got to learn, you know, you mentioned before, yeah. you know, suddenly you're a marketing, you know, you're doing marketing and, and then like on the flip side, then you, you sit there and, and I'm about to do this. I graduate university at the end of, by the next episode coming out after this one, I will have graduated, graduated, finished university. My graduation ceremony is not through to December, but, um, I um th- sat down, I'm going to have to sit down and go, you know, very minutely through these, through this podcast and experiment with editing and music and audio production and a whole bunch of other bits and pieces that, to be honest, I haven't had a lot of time to, to experiment with, but like, mm-hmm. go, can I improve this? You know, what, what ways can I improve this so I can make sure that, you know, everything is fine? Uh, fine. Makes it sure everything's up and like optimized as much as possible, and it's so fascinating to um to 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 be able to be in a position where I can do that. And it's I've gone through ebbs and flows, right? Because I'm also yeah. you know I'm I'm also a dad. I you know we there's this is very much my kind of side uh 
side hobby, if you will. Um, mm. It has not turned into a lucrative, you know, monetary monster of uh, additional um, income stream for my family at this point. Uh, that it, that would be the ultimate goal <laughs> for it, but yeah. that has not happened. Um, and so I, I have, I've had these moments where I'm like, do I want to keep, you know, doing this in this first year? But then I get, then I get like that one nugget, like I'll, I'll get a, you know, a patron that signs up and it's like, oh shit, somebody is actually willing to pay me money yeah. for this content that I am creating. And it's like a, an extra wave of, um, motivation, I guess. Yeah. To like, okay. 100%. How, you know, how can I get, how can I actually you know, try to do this thing, you know, in the literal minutes at a time that <laughs> I get to dedicate towards it. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been fascinating. It's been a fun little ride. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping to, you know, continue it, uh, beyond Harry Potter and into some of those other series that, uh, that I was, that I was late on and that a lot of people like, and hopefully, um, have new ways of talking about them and, puns i can come up with for segment titles <laughs> yeah um I, I was about to ask um what what does what are you hoping the future looks like for you yeah i mean so we're doing harry potter obviously um so i plan to see those through uh the the books at least um i never intended for this to be a a harry potter podcast you know quote unquote um yeah. so i don't um I don't know what a transition would look like, like how much you know Potter content might stick around beyond the books uh, and into other stuff. I haven't totally even decided if I um if I will one hundred percent do all the books in succession and, and not start sprinkling in some of those other uh, series that I was late on to to kind of um break it up. Like obviously not just kill Potter, but um, yeah. you know, when, when do I start introducing those, you know? And so I'm kind of kicking that around too. Um, but yeah, the, the, the goal and the hope is to, is to see the, the Harry Potter stuff through, um, maybe have some kind of, some kind of evergreen, you know, Potter talk as I get into some of the other series. Um, uh, I hint one of them may or may not be one of the, um, most popular sitcoms of like ever uh that i just need the damn receptionist and the accounting person to stop doing their podcasts so that anybody might actually want to listen to um <coughs> the office <coughs> the office um <laughs> uh s- but you know it is fascinating you sit down and you're like oh, what's next and it's like oh mm-hmm. now i've got to think about like the, the stuff that's next and as you said you know it's like, well, I, I want to do this, but like, oh, these other people are doing it. And, you know, the whole, are people going, like, is this going to be suitable? You know, it's almost like repitching the podcast again as you like move yeah. on. Well, yeah. And, it, and there's always in the back of your head, or at least in the back of mine, like I do worry, okay, I'm, st- I'm starting to build an audience for Potter. Mm. Yeah. Are they going to give a shit about the next series that I want to talk about? Like, are they here to hear me and my way of going through it because they're interested in the way that I'm doing it and they're going to actually want to hear me talk about another series? Or are they here because they love Harry Potter and they want 
the experience of rereading it you know, with me as a companion along the way. If that's why you're listening to me, great. But how do I keep you around too as I uh, as I da- like as I start to um, you know, bring other series into the fold? And that's where that's questions I don't have answers to yet. You know um, what that's going to look like if it's if it's literally staying true to Potter all the way through, and then maybe doing I don't know if it's patrons only content that is Harry Potter. You know, just from now until the end of when I can do it. Or, uh, if it's like I said, doing, you know, bringing some series in and, and doing like a season on a different thing and then bringing, you know, Potter back or doing a, a mixed season where it's yeah. like, you know, releasing a Potter episode and then releasing a, 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 you know, an office episode or a sons of anarchy episode or, you know, whatever um, yeah. next series that I start consuming because, you know, I've still never seen Game of Thrones. I've still never seen Breaking Bad. I've still never seen Walking Dead. I've still never seen all of these things that people really like. So every the series you mentioned by Harry Potter, not seen either. It's you know, right. it, it's like oh oh no, don't know any of this. Um, well, yeah, um, yeah, and and do I do any of them? Uh, do I adjust format a little bit and do any of them as I'm experiencing them for the first time? Yeah, you know I mean, do I do my first watch through or whatever? I can tell you with pretty, I feel pretty good about the idea that it's going to be TV after Potter. Yeah, um, I'm not a big reader, and I don't see me becoming one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> between now and then, but um, yeah, it's I I have fascin like I have little arguments with myself all the time uh, about what to what this thing looks like long term, but right now. I'm I'm getting ready to wrap up the first year, uh, and in doing so, I'll be wrapping up the second book. Yeah, so it's it's been fun so far. Yeah, uh, and all the best for the future. I'm so excited to see what happens in the future. It's a fascinating aspect too. I think we we assume so often that like culture is this homogenous thing, but we've got to realize that people do miss out on like quote-unquote key cultural cornerstones things like the office and harry potter and breaking bad and you know people miss out on these things and you've got to um there is a significant portion of people who who have and and want maybe want to catch up maybe just want to want the cliff notes or something so that you know they can hold a conversation with someone about it it's fascinating and i really do enjoy it thank you so much Oh yeah, th- thank you. I was just gonna say, and our podcast is gonna be the medium. Yeah, I mean, they're oh, yeah. huge right now. You know, are we all gonna be switching to YouTube videos, or are we gonna have to do everything on TikTok, or what? You know, what what's it gonna yeah. look like? Editing my know. face is a, a scary thing. So, so I, I'm happy <laughs> with podcasts right now, but who knows? You know, and you're very right. You know, and you know, our podcast is gonna stick around. You know, they've been around for a while. Some they have. Things naturally die, and we've always got to be ready for like that. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Um, no, this, this has been a lot of fun, though. I, I do appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Um. Where can people find you on the internet? Yeah. So speaking of TikTok, I, I I'm there. Um. I Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Belated Binge. Um. The website is belatedbinge.com, and the podcast is at least should be on every pod player that 
exists, um, but it's definitely on all the majors, uh, your Spotify's, your Apple Podcasts, and and all of mm-hmm. that. Um, and I think that's everywhere. Yeah. Um. And personally, do you want to be found somewhere or? Uh, the, through the podcast is fine. I I've got it. Um, I've got some like cross linking there. So yeah, if you can, awesome. if Amazing. you can look up belated binge, let, let's keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. And has there been any media that you've been watching and consuming that you wanted to plug? Um, that's a great question. Um, for, for this particular podcast with the way that you are, um, geared towards the 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 adulting uh world (laughs) uh i have got a bit of an oddball for you awesome Um, so there is a podcast that i listen to it is called the um ryan rosillo podcast he is an ex-espn person uh now works at the ringer talks sports but at the end of every single episode is a segment that they do called life advice and ah. emailers email in um and they it's kind of a big joke because the guys like i literally sit in my basement and watch sports <laughs> my entire life but like people want his you know his him and the producers um opinions on on the stuff that they're going through and it was and it's fascinating if i don't if i don't care about the the guest or the teams that he's talking about, or even the sport that he's talking about, I will skip to life advice. It, it If you listen on Spotify, because the ringer's owned by Spotify. Um, so it's the podcast is everywhere, but Spotify in particular has the timestamps. So you can literally yeah. just pull up the description and click to the life advice. I, I will listen to that of every single episode. It's like three episodes a week or something like that. It's hysterical to listen to these guys just like um you know talk to the about these emailers as they bring up and a lot of it is early 20 somethings navigating life what do you know um there's there's some you know like fitness stuff in there there's some um professional stuff in there there's broadcasting stuff in there there's journalism stuff in there like it's love uh, it yeah it's it's a it's a tie you wouldn't expect to have to to your show (laughs) <laughs> yeah it, it's amazing I, I love those kind of things um it's one of those few things that's like someone with more experience than me should be probably giving advice on what i should be doing uh, i love that amazing well um you can find me at sam.the.journalist on instagram and on tiktok and at sam ob journalist on twitter um this week i am gonna plug anzac biscuits uh if you've not had anzac biscuits before I'll pop a recipe in the description. It's the recipe that I use all the time. They're amazing. Um, it's so delicious. I we made Anzac biscuits last week. Um, and we um I was just hungry and I was like, wait, these are amazing, delicious. I need to do this more often. Um, so I um I yeah, I, I definitely suggest making Anzac biscuits. It's flour and oats and a coconut with golden syrup um, and um, uh, some, what else is in there? Sorry. Uh, You know, golden syrup and butter and you mix together, you cook it. Um, I think they're more cookies is the way that you'll find in the US, but you know, they're delicious (laughs) and um, they're delicious everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. 
Um, thank you so much, Zach, for coming on the podcast. I've so enjoyed chatting with you. Oh, thank you. This is awesome. Thank you for listening to Content and Capable. You can follow the podcast socials at Content, the letter N, Capable on Instagram and Twitter. You can send an email to contentandcapablepod at gmail.com. Please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify to help others know that you love this podcast. The art was done by Opia. You can follow them at opia underscore art underscore. Opia is spelled O-P-I-A. Feel free to message them about making art for your project. Our music was written, recorded, and edited by Isabel Strauss-Frieds. You can find Izzy at Kane underscore I. That's I is in the body part on Instagram and Twitter, and on YouTube at Kane I with no spaces. Feel free to message her about making music for your project or editing your podcast. Coffee, tea, honor, cabbage. Long ago, the four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man, merchant of fine cruciferous vegetables, could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast. My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne. Hey, look at you. Sitting there on a seal. Well, now look it back at me. I'm on a, on an even bigger seal. Now look away. D and D related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that, and Ang just like unzips his pants and whips out his d twenties. He's just like, I got this. Or randomly breaking into song. <laughs> we'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made, one episode at a time. You can reach us at CabbageCast, which is our Twitter, or subscribe wherever you catch pod. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Content and Capable is a podcast all about answering the question, how do you adult? Don't forget to rate and review, and I will see you next Monday for another episode. Dave X Media. Explainiarmus. It's time to disarm your reluctancy and explain how you can support this podcast. Belated Binge is a fully independent production. I read the books, write the script, record the episode, edit the recording, pick and produce the sounds, manage the content schedule, manage social media, promote the podcast, and feed producer Jack. Any costs from equipment to software to website development, marketing, any of that comes out of my pocket. And despite how many times I've been told we look alike, I'm no Harry Potter. No half giant has ever taken me to a bank full of cash and said, hey, you're rich. Having a podcast takes a lot and it's not easy. So your support is literally the only thing that keeps the show going. And there are a few key ways you can support the podcast. First, word of mouth is absolutely huge. If you enjoy the show, please tell every one of your Potterhead friends to give it a shot. Also, many of the pod players now support a rating and review function. Apple, Spotify, Good Pods, Podchaser, just to name a few. And it takes about four seconds to leave a five-star rating on the app. This can be greatly impactful. If you have more than four seconds and the app that you're using supports written reviews, that's even better. Think about how reliant we are on reviews. Whether you're buying something new or deciding what book to read next, 
we're always looking at ratings and reviews to weigh into our decision. Podcasts are no different, and your positive review could be the difference in someone discovering the show and deciding to give it a chance. Another great way to support the show is engaging in the conversation yourself, whether it be answering the specific questions I pose during the show or on social media. Maybe you just have a theory of your own or you want to leave some feedback. I'd love to hear from you and maybe even share it on the podcast. You can submit your thoughts by leaving a voicemail on the website, belatedbinge.com. Just click the little leave a voicemail icon on the page that you visit. If you don't like the sound of your own voice, you can also respond in written form by using the contact form on the website, leaving comments or DMs on social media. My handle is belatedbinge across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And you can also email belatedbinge at gmail.com. The final and perhaps most impactful form of support is to become a patron on Patreon. I've made a ton of updates to Patreon membership benefits this season and some goals to shoot for as well. There are currently six tiers available designed to fit any budget level ranging from $1 to $20 with all the bells and whistles. So benefits range from early access to ad-free versions of the show, recognition on the website, bonus episodes, patron shoutouts, show prep notes, insider participation, binge award participation, input on show content and future benefits, a drawing for a physical gift sent from me to you and others. I've also set some growth goals that'll unlock new benefits for existing tiers and maybe even adding some more stuff as we go. The first goal is to get 10 total patrons, at which point I will start a patrons Discord server. However you choose to support the show, thank you. I truly appreciate it.